Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin on the C. Joining me as ever is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. How are you enjoying um, the very, very hot day we're having today? Um, I don't like uh, I don't like the, the oppressive heat, if I'm honest. Um, I went for a little run this morning before it got too you hot. You did? That's, in, that's crazy. Like, uh, I usually do a park run uh, on oh, yeah. Saturday um, for 5K, but... I looked at the temperature. I was like, "Yep, yeah, nope, I'm not doing that." Right. Well, I started running about quarter to eight or something. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't hot by then, so it was all right. Oh, uh, it's, it's not pleasant. So, like last year, I, I did like one of the corporate races uh, in London, uh, and last year there was this massive heat wave in London as well in, mm. in the UK in general. Yeah, and that was that was pretty rough. Yeah, that sounds, was sounds bad. Pretty um, pretty rough. And uh, then uh, yeah, I've been mostly inside. Fell asleep for a bit. That's usually what you do when it's hot. That is very yeah. true. Eat quite yeah. ice cream. I was trying to work out what's the what's the acceptable time of day to start eating ice cream. Do you think? Uh, anytime. Cool. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? Um, uh, you're going to Glastonbury. No, I'm going dragonboat racing. Are you really? Yes. Yeah. Remember the good old times when we did that? I certainly do. Together, yeah. we didn't win. We were quite bad. Well, I've done it a few times. One time we came third, but most of the time it was terrible. So, yes. This uh, time round, uh, I'm in a team that actually practices. Wow. Beforehand. Um, do you want to explain to all listeners what dragon boat racing is? It's rowing a boat with a dragon at the front. There you go. A uh, real dragon or... A... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's real colour. Real dragon, cool. It's a definitely real dragon. Um, speaking of uh, unexpected things being real... Um, today we're talking about Toy Story 4. Um, we're also doing a quiz on the Men in Black films. Uh, talking about the films of Jennifer Lawrence and so much more. Okay, that segue isn't that bad. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, I know, that's going to get worse, but yeah, okay. I, I've been working I, on my segue game. Well, I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with that. Uh, but we start, as we always do, with some movie news. Uh, mm-hmm. hit, hit me, Dijon. Hit me with that, that movie news. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, well, Marvel wants more money. They they're desperate to be the biggest <laughs> film of all time. They definitely want it. They are currently, I think, forty million shot of Avatar. Yep. So they are re-releasing Avengers Endgame. Cheeky. That's quick. It took them like a week. I don't know. I don't think it's Avengers Endgame still in the cinemas. I'm pretty sure it still is. I don't think it ever left cinemas. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, in fact, I believe the Avatar got re-released at some stage. So I guess they're playing along the same rules. But it's um. It is a barefaced attempt to get more money. They've they, they bolted on, like, there's seven one minutes? deleted scene or something. Is it seven minutes? Okay. Uh, that's what I heard. But, yeah, um, it's less than ten minutes. <laughs> I remember that very clearly. It was a single-digit number. I was like, do I want to watch it again for seven more minutes? But I, I don't even footage? think that it's, like, in the runtime of the film. It's just there's an intro and there's a um, deleted scene shown afterwards and there's, a like, a, a sneak peek of... Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home. Despite the fact that Sony is so eager to show us all of Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm, I've I stopped watching. The, they've put out so many clips, and I'm seeing the, the the titles of the clips. Like you've revealed most of the plot in these things. Anyway, uh, are you going to go and watch um, Endgame again? Uh, no, I was hoping that you would do it and tell me all about it. Okay, I'm not going to do it. So, um, if <laughs> so you, someone has to tell us. Yeah, listeners, if you're watching Avengers Endgame again uh, on the re-release, let us know what is, what's the difference. Uh, we're at CZ Movies on Twitter. We're at, C- at CZMovies at gmail.com. 
Mm-hmm. Let us know. I understand that one of the Russo brothers does an intro video, but but the other one didn't bother showing up. I still, uh, yeah. well, good for them though. I I hope they break the record. I yeah, think it's I'm a better sure film than Avatar. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, obviously, the big moving news of the fortnight, um, and and you know from from Frank, from having done this eighty three times, that when I say the big moving news, you know I'm going to say something that's not big. Um, Zendaya has dyed her hair red. That's that's big news, and I'll tell you why it's big news, Adrian. No, that's not big news. <laughs> you don't need to tell me anything. You can just stop there. Because she's playing MJ in the Spider-Man films. Uh, and I, like many others, was... I, I like Zendaya as an actor, but was horrified at the concept of MJ not having red hair because basically that's her only characteristic. I can't believe that's the main thing <laughs> you, you got involved from there. Her name isn't even Mary Jane. No, but it's MJ. In, um, in the film. And you, the only Michelle thing Jones or something? But, uh, is because of her hair colour not being red. Her, her, but she's dyed her hair red, um, not in the film, but in, in life, in real life. Big news. Big big news. Where, where's where am I supposed? How am I supposed to follow that? Well, exactly. News that <laughs> news that big. I don't know what you can do to to compare. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have Paul Rudd joining the Ghostbusters three. I bet that's bigger. Who's joining Ghostbusters three? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. All right. Okay. Why do you say that with such like you do not know who Paul Rudd is? Because I thought you said Paul Rudd, and I was like, is that the name of a ghost or something? Is that? <laughs> Is that is that some character that I've forgotten from Ghostbusters? It's Paul Rudd, the man who never ages. Hmm. Um, okay. Are we calling it Ghostbusters three? Well, apparently, it is that the the sequel to Ghostbusters two? Hmm. Uh, and he has the original cast. Are we are we wiping uh, Ghostbusters the female one from the archives? Is that what's happening? No, it could be like the multiverse kind of thing. That's true. There was talk of doing a whole uh, connected universe. Yeah, exactly. like there is with everything these days but so yeah I mean like there must be more ghosts other than in New York right uh, you'd have thought so yeah. yeah yeah. okay well good for Paul Rudd good lad um, more casting news uh, Ray Winston has joined the cast of Black Widow um, the film that Marvel still haven't officially confirmed is happening I think I thought it is happening I thought they've already released um, some set photos have they? yeah I'm pretty sure they have like I'm pretty certain they have released set photos because I've seen them online. I'm not sure. are, are, are they released or are they just uh, yeah, like the pa- Black Widow right? shots or something? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like definitely, definitely, some set photos are out. Uh, but are they like they're not? Are real? you googling right now? Get here. Keep, right keep right now, that's what's happening. Um, but they're not. Uh, they're not officially sanctioned Marvel on set video photos, are they? Um, yeah. Who knows? Because I don't think Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson, has actually confirmed she's in it yet. Um, Isn't she? I'm pretty sure she is. I mean, she definitely is, but I don't think she's confirmed that she's. Yeah, looking at these photos, they're not kind of like released photos. They're just someone's managed to get a snap of it. Yeah, so it's happening. It's happening, but Marvel haven't confirmed it's happening. For some reason, they're pretending. I don't know. But that's a set. I mean, like. Unless they have a lot of money to like to, throw to us run, a... run a fake <laughs> movie set, but yeah. I, I, I saw interviews with with Scott Johansson on on the Endgame or in the Endgame kind of advertising where they'd ask about Black Widow and she was like, "What, what are you talking about, Black Widow?" So uh, I don't know what game they're playing, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that we've broken this news. It's not like uh, 
now. Anyway, What's re- happening next year anyway in the Marvel Universe? Well, Black Widow, um, <laughs> probably. Um, That's the thing. Like, I have no idea. Black Panther uh, 2. Eternals, right? is that next year? Uh, Doctor Strange 2, is that? Hmm. Yeah, I think they're waiting for Comic-Con, probably, to, to announce their slate. That's true. Um, the, and it's, yeah, it's happening soon, isn't it? Uh, it is. It's coming up. It's coming up. Anyway, Ray Winston of uh, of um, Bet Three Six Five was it or whatever, whatever betting a- adverts he used to do, and also films and stuff. Okay, okay, ducks. Cockney geezer. Uh, the Wachowskis are reportedly returning to direct a new Matrix movie mm. next year. This this uh, is uh, interesting. Nothing has been revealed yet. Uh, so no one knows whether this is like a reboot or a sequel or something else altogether. Um, but yeah, well, we've been talking about the Matrix recently a lot uh, in our podcast this year. Um, mm. Yeah, because we're looking back at some of the old films and Keanu Reeves films as well. So um, I did enjoy the first film. So um, and it's been a while since the Wachowskis uh, did anything. I know they did uh, Sense It on Netflix. Was that was that them? I didn't know. That. Yeah, that was them. Uh, last year, but. Other than that, I don't think the last film they did was I think Cloud Atlas, which I I, I liked because I love the book. But, when um, was um, when was that one with Channing Tatum and uh, and he was a goat. Um, what what have I heard? And this? Eddie Redmayne and Mila Kunis. Uh, everyone, Jupiter Ascending. Everyone, oh yes, that's them. The the one that was really bad. Yeah, everyone hated it. Yeah, um, that was. I think that was that, more recent than Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, it's fair to say they haven't had a a strong run of critically acclaimed films since The Matrix. No, that that is true, but they're not bad either. It's not like they went downhill. Well, um, isn't it? It's it's just Jupiter Ascending. I thought uh, I thought Cloud Atlas was pretty okay. decent, and Sensei has gotten. Good but, I mean, like The Matrix well, sequels so. didn't didn't go down well, did they? So. No, that that is true. That is very we shall true. Interesting. Mm. Um, the Kingsman's uh, prequel. I've written a sequel there. What a fool. The Kingsman uh, prequel. Uh, it's got a new title. It's going to be called The King's Man. Uh, which is quite fun. So I think it's set... Oh, is it set during World War One? Or no, the King... Maybe, maybe I can't remember. Now. Um, but I think it was going to be called The Great Game and they've retitled it. But I, presumably the idea is there was just one person who was the King's Man and from him spawned the whole Kingsman world. Do you know when it's coming out? Um no, no I don't. Um, but it means King Golden Circle, the second one, didn't get great reviews. I thought it was all right. Um, uh, it's not as good as the first one. Though. Not as good as the first one. But it means to see if this kind of the wider world works here because people love um, Taron Egerton and Colin Firth and Mark Strong. I guess they're all strong characters, but whether the whole a wider Kingsman world is going to work? Well, they, you know, the last film was. Had Channing Tatum and Halle Berry in the US, um, Brian Shaw Kingsman. Yeah, and it. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and the idea of seemed to be kind of trying to spawn a wider, a wider kind of global Kingsman concept. What were they? I can't remember they were called now, but they were effectively cowboy equivalents, weren't they? Oh. Mm, but that didn't. I, I don't think that 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 bit worked. So, um, I'm glad they they're going back to the basics where it's all the Kingsman and just that. Hopefully, um, it'll be better mm. this time round. Yeah. And I, I don't know whether the original characters are kind of in kind of loved enough that you kind of you kind of set up trails towards. I'm presuming there's going to be kind of hints to 
I don't know, Colin Firth's great, great, great grandfather or something. I've probably put in five many great stories. Colin Firth's grandfather. Um, or the first, well, Lancelot was the first one, all, all this kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'll watch it. Yep, me too. So, Colin. Oh, yes. Are you a big fan of Glee? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have seen one episode of Glee. Uh-huh. Well, Ryan Murphy, the, the creator of Glee, uh, okay. is uh, bringing a film called The Prom, uh, which is a musical. It's uh, out in Broadway right now. Oh, yeah. And he's bringing uh, the film version of it onto Netflix. And it has quite the cast. So, brace yourself. There's uh, Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande, uh, James Corden, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, and Aquafina. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw this. Um, I don't know anything about this musical, though. Uh, so, it's about two washed-up Broadway stars who get involved in championing LGBTQ rights in small-town Indiana as well as their own brands. That doesn't seem like it's got anything to do with proms. Uh, well, because the, the LGBTQ rights is basically um, a couple who wants to go to prom. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, that, that's basically it. Um, well, Meryl Streep has um, been in musicals and so has James Corden. They've been in one together as well, Into the Woods. Of course, yes. Um, and Ariana Grande can sing, as can, <laughs> as can Aquafina. So. And of course, who can figure Aquafina's turn in uh, in Ocean's 8? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it'll be out next autumn. And apparently, he has a, Ryan Murphy has a five-year deal with Netflix as well. Mm, so okay. he'll be putting out quite a lot of films out on it. Yeah, that's just... So Netflix is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, Meryl Streep doing a, a Netflix film. Wouldn't have thought that would be happening. They have lots of money, Colin. They have lots of money. When are we going to get The Irishman? <laughs> That's supposed to come out this year and we still, still don't have a release date for it. Um, uh, the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, a great first film. A so-so second film. A bad third film and a fourth film that I switched off after about 20 minutes. Um, but it's getting a prequel novel um, and also a f- prequel film adaptation uh, set 64 <laughs> years before the original story. Uh, when I read this, I, I can't believe they've announced the film before the book is yeah, released. That's a, well, there's this, um, there's weirdly not things like, um, I don't know if you ever saw uh, All the President's Men, um, but that's kind of an absolute classic film. And even that was... Um, Basically being made into a film whilst the book was being written. So it uh, there is, it, well, even um, two thousand and one, a space odyssey was written as a screenplay alongside the book. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. So, uh, so they, there you go. It, 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 this could be the new two thousand and one, a space odyssey. Is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, it could be Game of Thrones. Or it could be, <laughs> or it could be, just as lackluster as uh, Catching Fire Part Two, whatever it was. Hmm. Uh, uh, well. So I, I, I doubt Jennifer Lawrence will go back to this. Well, her character won't be anyway. No. Like 60, 60 years in the past, right? But, um, yeah, the, I mean, the only. I suspect there'll be no characters in common. I guess um, Donald Sutherland's character, whose name escapes me, um, Snow, was it? Hmm. Um, he might be around as a kid, but I, I'm not sure what the point would be. So, presumably, this is. But then, apparently, it's not about the, the kind of the first Hunger Games, which I assumed it would be. I think it's going to be. Because it was how it came about, right? Well, that's it. I don't think it will be. Because um, people who know more about Hunger Games than me reckon this is about 10 years after the, f- the first one came about. Hmm. 
it, it always baffles me the popularity of the Hunger Games. Um, I've read the books <laughs> before just to see whether um you know it's worth the hype um and all that. It's it's just not. I mean, the concept has been done before. So uh, I, I I loved the well I loved the first book and and I didn't like the ending of the last book. But I, I I really got gripped by it and I I thought the first one was fantastic. So. Mm. The, the, the first book, but it is a copy of Battle Royale in Japan as well anyway, so it's not yeah. like the concept has not been done before. Yeah, there's no new stories. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, um, I'm not looking forward to this. I probably won't watch it. Well, no, I probably won't, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but just for your information, in did, case you are yeah, a big okay. Hunger Games fan. Did they finish making um, those Maze Runner films? No, they stopped. They, they, they were supposed to move it onto uh, a platform, didn't they? Because... The second film didn't do well at all. Wasn't that Divergent? Or are they going to do that as well? Oh, yeah. See, I get confused with all this young adult stuff. Divergent was going to turn the second half of the last film into a TV thing or something and then never got around to making it. Hungry wow. I don't know whether the Maze Runner did. Because uh, there's a prequel novel for Maze Runner, which I never got around to reading. Well, <laughs> I read, I've read. i only read the first of uh, the Maze Runner, the first novel, yeah. the Maze Runner. Yeah, they're not the Hunger Games. I, re- I read the trilogy. That yeah, they're trying to be the Hunger Games, <laughs> but, but they're, yeah. they're not. They're no. not. What else we got? Um, I my last bit of news. Uh, will connect to our main bit of news. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's my last one. Pixar has announced I've, I've their next big yeah. movie. Oh yeah, Toy yeah, Story so, Five. Not Toy Story Five. <laughs> Car- Cars Three. Uh, Planes Cars, Cars 3 is already out Colin Cars 4 uh, but anyway <laughs> Pixar's uh, next uh, so they have one coming out right uh, next March I believe called Onward which has uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland uh, Tom Holland uh, playing Elf Brothers I believe uh, yeah. uh, so that's coming out March 2020 but they've announced another film coming out in summer 2020 um, the new film is called Soul Oh yes, S-O-U-L. I remember reading this thinking I won't bother writing this down because he's going to talk about it. Yes, of course I'll talk about it. Uh, and just like the Matrix sequel, no one knows anything about it. Um, there's a vague line that they've come up for the film that says that um, Pixar will take you on a journey from the streets of New York City to the cosmic realms to discover the answers to life's most important questions. So make make <laughs> make out of that whatever you want. All right. Pete really? Doctor is doing it, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got so much more news, DJ. So much more oh, news. Oh, wow. You know, this is such a good segue, Colin. Um, it was, but I've got, like, so much more, so I've got another five or so, so, uh, sorry. I'm so busy. All right. All right. So I can talk happening. about this later. Um, I can, we'll, we'll do a quick break, shall we, to tell you that um, there's going to be, a, well, they're working on an Easy A spin-off. Um, Are they? Which is yeah. intriguing, and I'm not sure we've known more than that, but I... I I don't know how you spin that. Whether it's a kind of identical concept, but with none of the same characters, as in someone else is recording their story for the internet, or whether you pick up one of the characters, say, "Hey, let's find out what Amanda Bynes is doing," or something. But um, well, no one knows what Amanda Bynes is doing anyway. Uh, I believe she's she's at uh, college, just studying fashion. I read an article about how she's back on her feet. Oh, okay, good for her. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what anyone think about that. I, I think Easy A is a great film, um, but I didn't seem ripe for spin-off potential. No, well, anything can be a spin-off apparently nowadays. It's a bold claim. Uh, let's not let's not unpack it. Um, Salma Hayek has joined the Eternals, uh, the latest big name to well, I say big name, 
I haven't seen a lot of Sam, I heard recently. Anyway, the latest name um, for that film. Um, curious news that Tom Hardy is in Venom 2. I kind is there of, Venom 2? There's Venom 2, but um, uh, I think they confirmed Venom 2 before they confirmed that the star would be in it, which I don't quite understand. There you go. Uh, yeah, it did very well financially. So, uh, so he's there. And I think... Is Amy Pascal someone because Sony was being asked the usual question about is Tom Holland going to be in it? And she's like, we want him in all our films. We want nothing but Tom Holland. So uh, they might be tying those universes up. Because I believe that um, the Marvel deal comes to an end after Far From Home. So they can oh, do wow. A, I think so. Um, they'll, they'll probably negotiate another one, I guess. But they, they can... When they get finally build up to their Sinister Six film, they can throw Tom Holland <laughs> It'll into. never happen. <laughs> It's like Zeno's arrow. They'll, they'll get there, get hard, closer and closer and closer, but they'll never actually you, get there. You know, if you want to see a Sinister Six film, you want to play the new Spider-Man game on PS4. Um, all right. I'm getting some commission from there as well. Okay. okay. Do you, do you have a PS4? No. Have you played the new Spider-Man game? No. Cool. Um, but it's really good, though. <laughs> I've, you know, I've heard I, it's I'm, very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people who like to watch people play games. So I've seen. Oh wow! People, okay. I've seen. I've seen the the whole whole story on on, on uh, Twitch. Is this? Do people, use, do people still use Twitch? Yeah, people still use Twitch. But I saw this on YouTube. So like, you know, because I don't have a PS4, I won't be playing this game anytime yeah. soon. But I heard it's very good. So I just want to see, you know, follow mm. the storyline, right? Um, and yeah, if you really want a really good Sinister Six movie, just play the game. Just, just watch Spider-Man 4 on on YouTube. Um, actually, I have seen quite a lot of, it looks great, but I know that I'm so terrible at all computer games that I would never get beyond the first 10 minutes. Of, you should put this on your 40 things to do when before you're 40. Become, become good, good at computer, computer games. games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little vague. But, um, I think that ship has sailed. No, Colin, I have faith in you. I'm too old now to become good at computer games. That's uh, not true. <laughs> uh, Annette Bening has joined Death on the Nile, um, which again is uh, stacking up its cast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a film called Enola Holmes coming out, which I believe is about Sherlock Holmes' ooh, sister, maybe, or cousin, or daughter, or something. Uh, but Henry Cavill is going to be playing Sherlock Holmes in it. So he's, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, very muscular Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that. I don't really know much about it, but um, but good for Henry. So, um, and I, I'm introducing a new little segment to the to the news section, Dijan, that I like to call news that my brother is interested in, because uh, he's always moaning at me that we just talk about superhero films and stuff. Um, we don't do that I know. all the time. I know, I know, but he says we do. Um, so here we go. This is for just for you, Simon. Um, the film adaptation of Blythe Spirit, the Noel Coward uh, play. Uh, or I say the film adaptation. I'm sure there's been several before. Um, the casting is out. Uh, Judy Dench, Dan Stevens, and I'm sad to say Isla Fisher uh, are going to be in it. Um, that is very sad. As we'll know, we'll know. Yes, the um, my position that all films with featuring Isla Fisher are bad. So um, I'm sorry, Simon. It's going to be bad. Although we saw it on the stage together many years ago, and I thought it was bad then. So who knows? Well, Simon uh, likes Judy Dench, though. Simon is a big fan of Judy Dench. And has he's and met her some years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, So does Judy Dench out outweigh Isla Fisher? That's the question. I don't think Simon cares for Isla Fisher. No one cares for it. Sorry, no, that's that's harsh. <laughs> Sa- Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, her husband, is a big fan. Um and I'm sure enjoys her films. He probably laughed his way through tag. It's too late now, Connie, I'm gonna leave this all in. <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, Isla. I'm sure you're great in home and away. Um, we move on. Oh, do, did you want to talk more about Soul or were you done with that? Uh, yeah, back to we got a new Pixar film coming out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is the this is where the segue comes in. Okay, no, but I'm we're not... doing to see or not to Z before we go on to Toy Story 4. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> this doesn't work like... <laughs> didn't work as well as I planned. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, I say, as the master of segues, as we've already discussed today, um, let me tell you, Zizan, you can't just jump into these things, you know? Takes... A master. Do you just give yourself that own title? <laughs> I just called myself the master of the segue. That's right. Wow. I stand by it. Um, <laughs> before we move on then to To See or Not to Z, uh, the segment where we talk about films we've seen recently and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or whether you should not Z them. Um, Zijian, have you been seeing any films? I saw um, Always Be My Maybe on oh, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's been promoted recently uh, quite a bit on Netflix. Mm. Uh, it stars Ali Wong and Randall Park. Uh, two very prominent uh, Asian American uh, actors. Well, Ali Wong isn't really an actor; she's a, more of a comedian, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. um, in America, I feel like I've so, seen her stuff potentially. I don't think I've seen any of her stuff maybe before. Some, maybe uh, on YouTube or something. Um, I, I've seen her her comedy routines. Um, yeah, but they're not up to my taste. Okay. Really. Yeah, very. It's it's very crass, different sense of humor than mine. Yeah. But. Uh, it's a rom-com. It stars... Uh, so, they were childhood friends who have not been in touch since the teenage fling ended Bradley. Now, Sasha is now a celebrity chef while Marcus is still living in his childhood bedroom and working for his father. And you, it's a rom-com, so you can kind of know where the ending is and what the conflicts may arise <laughs> from but, this kind of pairing. Okay. Yeah. And there's a, a, a celebrity cameo, I believe. There is. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it, playing a very exaggerated version of Keanu Reeves. And I think that's, that's the best bit of the film. If only you'd seen it before we did our, our episode on actors playing themselves. Mm-hmm. That, that is true. But it's awesome, though. Uh, just I, I would just, yeah, the, the cameo makes, makes the film um, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that great. Um, the, the reviewers so were uh, uh, differing from me. Oh. Well, I, I was going to say like the reviewers ha- has been good, uh, pretty uh, happy with it. Like 91% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, maybe it's just me. Fair enough. Um, I've I've checked out of the cinema a couple of times. So I saw uh, Men in Black International. Um, which is the just the, for the quiz? Just for the quiz? No, I I, I saw it. Um, no, I was I was really looking forward to this film. I, I, I on Twitter last year when the trailer came out, I I committed saying this was going to be this year's Jumanji, um, the re- reboot we didn't know we needed with a fantastic cast that absolutely nails it. Um, I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> this is not a good film. It's why why tell yeah, me? Yeah, so so it's the it's the reboot um, or kind of soft soft reboot. Chris Hemsworth, uh, Tess Thompson. Um, with uh, Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson also in it. Um, it's just it's very uh, lackluster. It, the the characters don't aren't particularly funny. The, the, the chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and Tess Thompson, which was brilliant in in Ragnarok, seems to have pretty much entirely gone. Um, it's just there's a lot of hopping around the world, but doesn't seem to achieve much. Um, yeah, it was just. Very kind of formulaic. There's a twist at the end, but if you can't see it coming in the first five minutes of the movie, then you're not paying attention really. Uh, um, so there's there's one or two good bits, and I mean I didn't absolutely hate it, but yeah, it just it was boring. It was it was not funny. It was just a big disappointment, really. 
That's a shame because Man in Black Three ended on a high. So hmm. to to come to that, um, I was actually tempted to go watch it today, um, to try to avoid the heat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I was like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, think about it. So and it's because Chris Hemsworth, I I think has been very funny in things, but I didn't find I didn't like what he did with the character in in Endgame with Thor, and I didn't like what he was doing here. So I, I do wonder whether. And it's very similar, in fact, the kind of the performance he gives here is quite similar to his comedic Thor performance. So, oh, wow. Well, I heard he's retiring uh, for a bit. Um, Chris or, or at least, like, stepping back for a bit uh, after this film. Well, uh, okay, I don't blame him. Spend some time with his family. Fair enough. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, I don't... They, they weren't talking... I mean, usually when they do these kind of things, they talk about new trilogies or new whatever which I'm sure they were planning a sequel... But I don't think they'll get one because this has not done well at all. Okay. Oh well. Um, I also saw uh, yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Did you see yesterday? <laughs> I did see yesterday. Yesterday. Um, I'm going to watch it on Monday. Oh yeah. Um, so this don't is. Ruin it. Okay. So this is the story um, of basically there's a, a guy who he has, is an accident, bike accident, and then when he comes around because he gets knocked out, when he comes around, the Beatles uh, never existed. What a great premise, right? It's, it's a fun premise. Uh, so it's written by Richard Curtis. It's directed by Danny Boyle. Um, and uh, I, again, I was a little disappointed with this one. I'm sorry. Um, no! So it's not it's not bad. Uh, I'd I, I say maybe three stars out of five if I try awarding ah. stars. Um, the problems for me with it, uh, so the, the the two leads, so it's, it's Lily James, and I've actually forgotten the name of the lead actor, which is very bad. Um, Mesh Patel. Thank you. Um, don't really have any chemistry. I think because uh, they're supposed to be kind of these best friends, and and she's clearly in love with him. That's um, a shame, though. They seem pretty yeah. good in the trailers. Yeah, I think she's really good in it. Actually, I think she's a great actress, and, and but she seems she's a much better actor than he is. I think so. I, he's not done much before. He's been in EastEnders, apparently. Mm. Um. And he's he's quite funny, uh, but yeah, they, they didn't seem to work that well together. Uh, also, he's not a very good singer. I mean, he's not a bad singer, but the whole premise of this. I mean, I, I love the Beatles; they're, they're my favorite band. I absolutely adore them. Um, but I think if if he sang those songs, he would not become a famous singer. I think he'd become a very successful songwriter, but they'd get someone else to sing them because his voice just isn't that great. Um, wow! So the premise kind of fell down a bit. He, again, uh, he didn't sound that bad in the trailers. Again, I mean, he's not he's not bad, bad. But I was kind of listening to this thing, and I'm thinking, I, if I went to see like a Beatles cover band and they sound like that, I'd, I'd like if it was in a pub or something, I, I might not stick around. Um, so, yeah, all a bit disappointing. Um, there's some great bits. There's, I say, Lily James, I think, is great in it, and I love the song, so it's nice to hear the songs, and a couple of good twists, a couple of really weird, pointless twists as well. Um, and you can't say all oh, this, Colin. Now I'm. Yeah, sorry. I mean, maybe maybe if I just set expectations low, you'll 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 come out loving it. Um, okay, okay. And it's a shame because I love the Beatles and I love Richard Curtis and I think Danny Boyle's great, but just it it was not a good marriage of those elements for me. Um, so it's it's ah. fine, but disappointing. Oh, that's sad to hear. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> now moving on from that, with your wonderful master of segways. Yes. How do you do this? Um, so Toy Story 4 um, <laughs> this is not <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you need to just be blunt I <laughs> sometimes a... no, um, let's see I wonder if there's a better segue than that um, so uh, so this is the fourth Richard Curtis film 
That's not true, but let's pretend it is. Um, I'm keeping all of this in. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? On the master segways. Some some would say that this is the fourth uh, Richard Curtis film. If you ignore, no one would say that. Why would people say that? <laughs> if you ignore the boat that rocked, because it's not very good. Um, <laughs> Okay, we, talk, we we both saw Toy Story four. Yes, we um, did. We're going to talk about it. That's my segue. Uh, we're going to talk non spoilers, and then we're going to talk spoilers. Um, but what is going to happen first is Zijan, as ever, you're going to you're going to explain what's going on. What happened? Mm-hmm. What, was it, what was it all about? So, um, Toy Story follows. I think immediately after Toy Story three. Um, so now Woody and Buzz Lightyear. And now with Bonnie, the new kid. So Andy has grown up and gone to college already. For those who have not seen Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Woody and Bonnie, uh, Woody and Buzz and all the other toys have new a uh, new owner now. A little girl called Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are introduced to a new toy, uh, a Spock, <laughs> that has been made into a toy. Mm. And the, it's called Forky. Controversy called Forky rather than Sporky. Yeah, mm. very controversial. And they went on a road trip adventure. They certainly did. I think that's a very brief summary. So, um, you know, I can go into more details. Um, uh, I guess the, the, it's worth saying that Bo Peep plays a big part of this as well. Yep, she um, comes back. She was missing in uh, Toy Story 3 and now she's back with her, th- her sheep. Mm. Mm. Um. Because I, I, I must admit I'd forgotten that she was a lamp, but that was... That was in the previous films, wasn't it? Yeah. To be fair, though, she didn't have much to do in the first two films anyway. Um, I think this is the most screen time we've ever seen Bo Peep. Yeah. In any in any film. <laughs> in any film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so on, along the way, the, they, they went on a, a family trip, uh, you know, camper van, um, and then what happened was that both uh, Sporky got lost Forky. halfway. Yeah. Forky got lost, yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting confused now. Yeah, Forky got lost halfway and then Woody made a point to try and get him back. To, because to Bonnie. Uh, cause Bonnie loves this toy that she a has lot. made herself. Yep. And yeah, um, on the way they meet some brand new toys. Um, they've, uh, they went into an antique store. Um, they got stuck there for a bit. I think, yeah, that's where I should stop. That, that, the I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so this is what, nine years since Toy Story 3, is it? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been, it's been quite a long time. And I, I feel there was quite a gap between three, two and three, but I could maybe not that long a gap. Um, yeah. uh, I, I remember queuing up for Toy Story back in the day. Was, uh, one, oh, did you? One, one of the earlier films I saw at the cinema. Right. Oh, I can't remember what I did for Toy Story, uh, the first one. I'm pretty sure I may have watched it at home, but yeah, I can't remember. So, so uh, what, what is your connection? I mean, what's your connection to the Toy Story world? Are you a big fan? I'm, I'd be very okay. surprised if you're not, but... Uh. Yeah, well... Okay, I'm not as big a fan. So, to- the Toy Story series, um, I'm not a big a fan of it as much as the other Pixar films. Okay. I think there are other Pixar films which are better. Although, I think Toy Story 3 is in a class of its own. So, like, I- as a kid, I never had any affinity with toys. Like, it's not something that's very precious to me to have, like, okay. a-, a-, a teddy bear that uh, I get very fond of and keep you know close to me etc etc for me toys are just <laughs> maybe I, I i just discard them after i get bored oh, with them oh. so it's yeah I, oh this I, is like, painful to hear i know i know so i really do not have the kind of like affinity that people have with their toys like you know which i think you know the films are targeted to but i did love toy story 3 i thought i thought it was done really really well and 
Um, the, I, I came into this film with a lot of trepidation because I thought Toy Story should have ended with Toy Story 3 because hmm. um, I thought it ended brilliantly. I was in tears at the end. Um, so that's why I was coming into this film. Um, and I think Pixar doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to doing sequels. I think. How dare you? Cast 3 is a masterpiece that I Cast... had not realized was made until earlier this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Cast 3 is um, better than Cars and Cars 2, I can say that. But Is it really? Um, okay. Yeah. I think Finding Dory um, and The Incredibles 2, I don't think they live up to their predecessors. And Monsters University was, it was fine. But, it was fine, yeah. yeah, but yeah. So they don't have a, for me, they don't have a very good record when it comes to sequels. I think the best is still Toy Story three by a mile. So, it, it I I did come into this with a lot of trepidation. It's weird because yeah, so I watched Toy Story at the cinema. And Toy Story two and three, I did I saw on DVD later. Um, I know loads of people love Toy Story three. I, I've only seen it once, but I liked it. But I didn't think it was as good as Toy Story. Um, I wasn't that. I I wasn't particularly moved at the end more as much as many people because opposite to you I, I had a lot of teddy bears and things as a kid and I, I still have some of them today so you'd think I'd be the perfect market for the uh, um, kid with growing up with toys story mm. um, yeah. but I, I don't have too much affection for Woody and Buzz and I, I don't you know they're, they're fine but I, I didn't kind of there wasn't a favorite of mine as a kid so it wasn't like I grew up with these um, with these stories um, was I'm the, the whole Toy Story 3 ending of this kind of kid who's outgrowing his toys um it's basically very similar to the ending of house at pooh corner the second winnie the pooh book which i think does it much much better so if what? you want it's basically about christopher robin moving on from his kids uh, from his kids oh, from okay. his from his toys um at the end of that and that has me in tears every time i think that's done better anyway just oh, as a no, I've, not, I've not seen that so well i said uh, the book mm. rather than the rather than oh, okay thing. Yeah. um but but yes, no. I so having found Toy Story two and three fine, but not being particularly excited by them. I, I'm not sh- sure what I would have seen this one if we weren't doing it for the podcast. I, I may have done, but um, but it is also your suggestion as well, Colin. Um, like, was it my suggestion? Yeah, of course. Well, it was. I don't think it was my suggestion so much as I looked at the film list and thought, "Well, Zijan's definitely going to want to see that. I'll put that on." <laughs> That's very thoughtful of you. I'm very thoughtful going. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this one. I had a great time. Um, I would, I actually ranked this. I know that I may be alone in this, but I, I ranked this above Toy Story two and three. I think. I oh wow! Prefer this. Um, it got a bit formulaic. I mean, it's very formulaic, I guess, though. But um, it a bit repetitive, maybe. In the middle, but in in terms of Woody's character arc, I was more moved by that than I was by um, similar arcs in other films. I think. Okay, okay. Um, for me, I prefer Toy Story three more, and yeah, hmm. I think it's still. So, if I were to rank the four Toy Story films, oh, I yeah. would say Toy go. Story three is still by far the best, and my least favorite is Toy Story two. I would probably rank them. Ooh, I don't know one, four, and then either three, two, or two, three. I have no two, three. Wow. I I don't remember two or three well enough to distinguish between them. <laughs> um, what? I, so we should probably talk a bit more about the um, the characters involved. Um, yep. So we, uh, let's talk about Forky. We have got Tony Hale um, of of Arrested Development fame, voicing Forky. Um, I thought he did a fine. Fine job. He's yeah. very, very funny. He's a funny, funny actor. And mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it came through in the the character of Forky though. I, mm-hmm. I I found his 
So Forky at the beginning thinks he's trash while well, he is trash. He's literally made so out of trash, yeah. yeah. He, he is, so he keeps trying to jump into the trash can. Which I thought I found very funny, actually. <laughs> Did you? I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought it was very annoying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we both have a very different sense of humor. <laughs> um yeah, so yeah, I I just didn't get that bit of it. I, I thought, you know, Forky was more to get Woody's story going more than anything else. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I don't think he had much of anything to do with anything. Uh, he doesn't. I don't think he has much of a character growth in his own. He what? just realized he isn't trash anymore. Because it's the it. whole story, isn't it? Or the whole idea is like what 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 constitutes a toy, and I think it's a mistake to dig too deeply into the how the Toy Story universe works because it's <laughs> full of holes. If you, if the, you yeah do. yeah no no that no, no. Um, but yeah Bonnie just makes this thing in five minutes out of trash and, and suddenly it becomes alive on that basis but as you say yeah she doesn't want to be so I thought there's a nice montage where he kept jumping in the bin I thought it was funny but uh, there you go um yeah Woody, uh, Woody Tom Hanks is back for having first recorded lines as Woody in 1991 here he is wow it was 91 um because apparently they recorded a whole a whole um toy story and then then scrapped it all and went from scratch I don't know whether they changed the script a lot but, um yeah, I, I, he's he's always he's, he knows it's inside out. And he does it very well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, it's interesting yeah. to actually see how much Woody has changed because I saw some clips from the first Toy Story, and he's not very pleasant in that. I mean, obviously he's very jealous of Buzz in Toy Story, but he's he's become a much nicer character. Yes, still still a bit self-absorbed though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Still still a bit self-absorbed. Although I did like his arc in this film. A lot, and we'll probably uh, mention this in the spoilers as well, so I won't go go into too much detail in that. Um, but yeah, at first it comes off very off-putish, but I'm not a big fan of the Woody character anyway. Um, he always comes across as very more entitled and um, self-absorbed than any of the other toys. Yeah, it's all about me, me, me. Well, he's, the, he's the favourite toy. Well, he, he was he, the favourite toy. Well, he was Andy's favourite toy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buzz... Is barely in this film. <laughs> Hardly anything. There, there was a small snippet of him trying to listen to his own voice or trying to trust his intuition, but they hardly went into that at all. It, it really felt I didn't know what to do with him in this. Like, yeah. yeah. Kind of, he was in a, had a subplot where he gets captured and put in a... At least he has something, though, compared to all the other old toys. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, the other toys never had huge plots, did they? But... They're all there, but they're not doing much. Um, yep, they're just there. In the and indeed, Dom Rickles' voice of Mr. Potato Head is, is dead, so they, they put that together using old clips they had from him. Oh, um, wow. But mainly him just saying, hey, Woody. Well, and that's well, it. Yeah. That's all his lines, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, we've got some... I'll say Bo Peep is, uh, is a much bigger part in this than she's ever been before, so she's yep. out in the wild, effectively, having... Um, well, we uh, I say I guess I got spoilers, but we know from Toy Story three that she's no longer in the gang. Uh, her character is very different from her previous uh, appearances as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not sure she really had a character for this. <laughs> no, but she always like was like the potential love interest of Woody, wasn't she? Um, I, I, I remember them kissing in the first one. Um, whereas yes, and now she's gone out into the big wide world. Uh, we also have Key and Peel as uh, as two fluffy toys, a, a rabbit and a duck. I like. I they were I hilarious. Like I thought they were very good. so good. Yeah. Ducky and Bunny. That's it. Um, yeah. that, they felt, the, that felt very improvised. I don't know if it was or not, but a lot of that they did. Oh, I yeah. love them. I love them so much. They're, they're very good. 
Yeah, they're probably my favourite part of the uh, of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, too. didn't necessarily add huge amounts to the plot, but just comic relief along the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're great fun. Then, uh, there's Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom. Yes. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Is, I don't even know how to explain this toy. It's one of those wind-up toys that can do tricks. Yeah, it's a motorcycle trick. Yeah. Thing. The Knuck with all the luck. Um, yeah, Keanu Reeves is, is having quite a renaissance at the moment, although they hired him before any of that happened. I well, they were saying before. So I don't know whether they was, he was hired before the first John Wick. That would be a long time, but maybe he was. Um, yeah, again, the, he's fun. Doesn't he's necessarily... Fun. I think one of the strengths of this new film, um, I'm cutting it a little bit uh, in a way, yeah, is that I like all the new characters. I like all the new toys involved um, or, or, or introduced in this film. Like, um, I agree hmm. that they didn't spend a lot of time with many of the old characters, but I do like the new characters that they've brought in this time around. So. Yeah, I think it was a good balance. Because, um, I mean, you look at Toy Stories 2 and 3 and, and the new characters brought in, so you get, obviously Jesse gets brought in in 2. Um, and there's a whole bunch of characters brought into three, like they had Ken and Barbie, didn't they? And lots of Hugging Bear and all that. And obviously, for some reason, some of those you can't bring them back. But I, I, there's not a huge amount of affection for for those. No. Um, the, the ones who've been added in Mrs. Potato Head or whatever else, again, there's nothing much there. But mm. but yeah, these new characters I think work well. And if we get Toy Story five, who uh, knows, right? Who knows? Mm. Uh, um, we haven't mentioned Gabby Gabby um, as voiced by Christina Hendricks. Who is a, a doll that they come across along the way? Um, who, which, yeah. Uh, let's talk more about her in spoilers, shall we? Because there's a yes, we probably should. And there's a uh, giggle McDimples. Was it? The... <laughs> yeah, remember giggle McDimples, this N- tiny cop. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ali Mackie as probably the last new character they've introduced in this. Yes, film. so memorable that I forgot she existed in this film. Yeah. Um, um, and there's also a very realistic cat. Um, which is not a character, but it just shows how far Pixar have come when you compare it to the dog in the first one. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so uh, this shall we go to spoilers? Because most of the ones I want to say is probably spoilers. I think yeah, yeah. Let's go to spoilers now. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. spoilers. At least there's spoilers this time around, right? Compared to the other films we've <laughs> we've been talking about recently. That's true. That's true. There's some stuff we didn't necessarily see. Should, should we start with Gabby Gabby? Because I think that's has one of the more interesting plot lines. Yep. Um, so the, the last couple, we've we've had uh, characters who appear to be nice and friendly, and then it turns out they're actually really mean because they didn't get played with enough. Mm-hmm. That's kind of lots of hugging there. And was it Sneaky Pete? Was it? Or, no. Yep, Sneaky Pete. Yeah. Um, so Gabby Gabby, turn, it looks like she's going to be one of those. So she's an antique, rather, and uh, it's quite fun that yeah she she cares so much about kind of people having their original voice box or this kind of because she lives in an antique store, but she's has this dream that she'll be played with by a little girl. Mm. Um, and in order to do that, she needs to she wants to steal Woody's voice box. So we think she's going to be the kind of the main antagonist of the film. No. And then it's all flipped around again. Give us the old yeah. double switch, isn't it? I did like that switch, though. Even though it becomes too predictable again. Like, she, she was obviously evil at the beginning. With all those ventriloquist, uh, yes. ventriloquist dummies. Which, by the way, they look creepy as... Uh, I hate ventriloquist dummies. Pretty, yeah, they're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty scary. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, so, um, just on a complete tangent, uh, Child's Play came out this week as well, um, which is a remake of the... Uh, Kind of the Chucky of the doll who was a ventriloquist dummy who's evil. 
Um, but I hadn't realised before that... It's not a ventriloquist dummy, though. Chucky wasn't a ventriloquist dummy. Was it not? No, it's just a doll. Just a doll, okay. Um, but I hadn't realised before that, until that um, the kid in Child's Play is called Andy. Um, and, and it was in the original. So this, basically, Toy Story, I think, was making a subtle nod to Andy having a, a toy doll thing that comes alive. Which I'd never spotted. Mm. There you go. Well, anyway, dummies are creepy. Especially when they turn their heads around. <laughs> Um, for they're kind of a henchmen, aren't they? Although weirdly, yeah. they can't speak, which I guess was kind of a play at ventriloquism. Except I don't quite get that. Anyway, because <laughs> surely the dummies can speak. Anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and there's actually a very moving story where she wants to be played with, and then this girl just rejects her. Uh, but then she finds another girl. Uh, so I think that's probably the most moving of the one well, of the most moving of the subplots. I I think so too. Um, um, Good for her, though. It was very sad when she got rejected because, mm. yeah, she's been looking forward to that for a while. But yeah, I'm glad that the villain... I'm glad that the villain isn't as uh, obvious as the ones in the previous films. Yeah, and, and there isn't really an antagonist in this one, is it? So Because um, when it turns out that it's not her... Yeah. It's, it's a... probably just Woody, right? Woody is his own antagonist in this film. Oh, right. That's yeah, that's why I get it. Anyway, so uh, um, we're probably going to the main the main plot anyway. Um, in terms of spoilers, uh, yeah. we discovered so throughout this whole film, uh, Woody first of all has been rejected by doesn't get played by Bonnie a lot. Gets, yeah, uh, so he gets not kind of um exactly. So it's not kind of a big I'm throwing you out, but it's a I'm playing with these other toys instead. Yeah, yeah. he loses the sheriff badge. He was very obsessed with recovering uh, Forky because Forky keeps going into the trash or jumping away and he has been he's just been one-minded and focused and very obsessive in trying to get him back. Mm. Um, um, and to, to to the surprise of all the other toys, obviously, because um, they just say, just leave, leave Forky about. Mm. And then you, you come to realise that uh, midway through the third act, you realise that Woody is doing this because um, he's lost his sense of purpose hmm. after losing um, not, not being Andy's toy anymore so he just wants to get do something to gain that back yeah so this is the only way that he can uh, he can help Bonnie he can't do it yeah. by being a toy um, which yeah. is yeah which is which is nice because we see in the in the prologue effectively um, which is set some years before when, when Bo Peep gets thrown out mm. that, that she says to Woody do you want to come with me and uh, then he hears Andy searching for him so he uh, so he goes back yeah, so I, I really like that twist though. I really like that how how Woody's character went. So he's he Woody was very annoying to me in this whole film. But then after, you know, that was mentioned in the end about mm. why he's behaving the way he does, then everything makes so much sense now. Why why he's um so obsessive, why he's so um you know mm. so so uh stubborn, uh and wanting to um get get Forky back. Everything makes so much sense now and I, I like that they did this for this film. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the kind of culmination of that, where where he joins Bo Peep in this kind of uh, not having a, a designated child, but just being a kind of a, a random toy to play with. So there's quite a few of them that kick around the stamp it and all this. And it's quite a fun idea as well to see uh, toys don't need to have owners. Effectively, they they can be played with by hospitals. So you see the excitement of the toys when a school party comes in because they're going to get played with that day. Um, and I I, I thought it. It made sense. Yeah, he he doesn't. Bonnie doesn't need him, but he can still have a life as a toy rather than gathering dust in the back of a closet. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked the uh, 
the three little action figures who kind of joked around in action figure poses and the, and the one guy who kept trying to get high fives. That was, <laughs> that was great. Uh, um, and yeah, as I say, it was a fitting ending where he got to say goodbye to all the fellow toys and and they stuck around with Bonnie and he moved on. Yeah, well, I think it's good. It makes sense. Uh, it makes sense for the story. Mm. And um, yeah. I know one of the criticisms of this is that Toy Story 3 rounded things off perfectly and therefore this didn't need a fourth one. I think this is a, I think this story works. I think it's good. Um mm. I still like Toy Story 3's ending a lot though. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh I must admit I didn't make any notes for this film, so uh, <laughs> I, this is just this is um I'm I've got nothing more to say, um other than that I thought I I really liked it. So. Yeah, that I think that's fair. Um yeah. Let's move on then. Cool, uh, check it out. It's time to have a shorter podcast for for once. Well, we can actually luxuriate in a lengthy discussion of... Uh, of no, Jeff. we can't. <laughs> we have like five minutes to do that. Um, hey, I'm not editing it. We can talk as long as we like. Um, <laughs> the films of Jennifer Lawrence. Um, let's start with... Uh, well, let's start with the beginning. Winter's Bone. Um, Which I've not seen. All right. So mine, I said the beginning, but it was an uh, Oscar nomination... Um, and where most of us heard of her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she, she's playing this kind of... She lives off a, on a trailer park. She's trying to find her dad. And it's quite a grim film, but yeah, you can see why she kind of came to people's uh, awareness. She's very good in it. Um, her mother just kind of has stopped caring. It's quite brutal in places. She gets beaten up at least once because um, the person she's looking... Well, she's trying to find someone who can help her out and... And people don't want to define this person, so they uh, they beat her up. Um, it's quite similar in some ways to our Hunger Games character, actually. Okay. Um, which it's a very different style of film because it, um, it's not a young adult uh, novel by any means, and, and it's not it's, it's completely um, realistic as opposed to this kind of futuristic whatever. Um, but this idea of this kind of scrappy kid who's got a fend for herself, who's, whose father's gone, whose mother's no help, um, he goes off on this quest. It's, it's quite similar. Um, uh, what was the first film you saw her in? First film I saw her in uh, is probably going to be the Hunger Games series. Oh yeah, it would be. So, so Jennifer Lawrence would uh, have been in two main franchises. She played Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games series, mm-hmm. and she played um, Mystique. Uh, Mystique in the X Men series. The, so the I think you would X-Men have, series. You'll probably have seen her in because uh, she was in. Um, first class before she was in Hunger Games. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe I see in the first class. We, we, sp- we spoke about the X-Men series to death, really, so yeah. I'm not going to go through that at all. Uh, in the Hunger Games series, I agree with you on um, the, the, the film's order. Uh, <laughs> they, they split the last film into, the last book into two films, which was unnecessary whatsoever. Um, mm. So, they were pretty poor films at the end. But, um, it, it gave her a start, even though I, I guess she doesn't need that start because she was an Oscar nominee before that already. Well, exactly. She became yeah. known in the main to the mainstream audience, I imagine. From that, well, indeed, I think Hunger Games was a huge, huge change for her. And it's because the first X Men film, I say she was in it, and she was fairly major character, but not one of the certainly not one of the main ones because yeah. uh, it was really just the, well, it was really the story of Magneto, but it was also heavily um, Charles Xavier. Uh, but she was his his effectively adoptive sister. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, but this yeah, a huge step. I remember reading an interview with her, kind of saying that she was almost in two minds because she knew at the time that taking Hunger Games would elevate it to this whole new level. Um, 
but decided yeah do the film because it's good and don't worry about the rest um, which is true yeah what uh, I said I think she's absolutely phenomenal in the first Hunger Games and I think diminishing returns um, thereafter I'd seen a couple of films she was in before that actually um, although I don't think I saw them until afterwards um, there's a film called Like Crazy um, which stars Felicity Jones and the late uh, Anton Yelchin who uh, are basically um, teenagers who fall in love and uh, she lives in Britain let me get this one of them lives in Britain I think she lives in Britain he lives in the US okay um, uh, and so they kind of have this long distance relationship but then they break various visa rules by out well, I think she outstays her visa because she wants to be with him which causes all kinds of problems where they can't visit each other um, yeah, it's, it feels very low budget, um, and it feels quite improvised. Also. I'm not sure it was improvised or not, but it feels quite improvised. Um, it's very moving. I think they're, they're two phenomenal actors. Uh, she plays his boyfriend, sorry, his, his girlfriend, um, during a period where I think where he and Felicity Jones aren't on that serious. So mm. she's one of these kind of characters whose main role is to not be the protagonist. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, she she does it. She does it well enough. I think it's not it's not her story, but uh, she does it fine. Um, and she's also in uh, another Anton Yelchin film, um, The Beaver, uh, where she plays his girlfriend again. The um, Beaver? Is this the Mel Gibson film? The Mel Gibson film, that's right. So Mel Gibson um, stars as this guy who starts talking to a, uh, a puppet of the beaver of, of, on his hand. Um, Anton Yelchin plays his son, and say so Jan Florence plays his, his girlfriend. Uh, I really like this film. I know Mel Gibson uh, has a troubling history, uh, and this was coming off the back of that. It was kind of a, almost a comeback film, mm. um, but I think it, it seemed to channel to that because him going it, the character in this film is having basically a long nervous breakdown. He tries to kill himself at one point, and it seemed to come out of his his troubled uh, period. Sure uh, but again, I think she's she's great, and Anton Yelchin again is, is is fantastic in it. Um, so I'd say both of those check him out. Oh well, um, and then. For me, after after the two main franchises, um, we have the David O. Russell films mm. that she did. Yeah. Um, so, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy. Yes. Yep. And I think she's been nominated and won uh, an Oscar for all three of them. Not for all. Th- she didn't win for all three, but she was nominated for an Oscar for all three. She was. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. What What did you think of these? I like them, but I don't love them. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I know a lot of people like Silver Linings Playbook, and I think, yeah, I, I borrowed that film off of you. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, I the thing is, I, I'm struggling to remember what happened in the film right now, <laughs> and it's not, yeah, I find it very, yeah, it's, it's, I don't find it very memorable. And American Hustle is one of those films again, like, uh, I mean, it looks good, mm. but I don't think it's, it's it's a great story. Yeah, I think this is again massively diminishing returns. So, Civil Lines Folk, I think, is a great film. It's it's a weird film. Um, so it's it's Bradley Cooper, basically going through a mental breakdown. She, Jeff Lawrence, is is a, um, a divorcee. Um, oh yes, I remember that now. Very, very young divorcee. Very young divorcee. Um, they strike up a kind of a friendship and romance, and and they're they enter a dancing competition together. Um, so it kind of culminates in this big dance, which is. Kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I, I really like that film. Um, I think Robert De Niro is on top form in it as well. Mm. He was also an Oscar nominated, I think. Um, but yeah, American Hustle. It was just it was so zeitgeisty, wasn't it? It was like it was. off the back of that had these big actors, and actually, it was just a big disappointment for me. 
So we have, uh, we have Kristen Bale, Amy Adams, uh, Bradley yeah. Cooper, so many big names. Jeremy Renner was in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just it seemed, and it got a bunch of Oscar nominations. In fact, I'm not sure it won any, but um, yeah, it just seemed a huge kind of confetti, but yeah, confection, but nothing special. And then Joy is weird. Joy, Joy is the story of a woman who invents a mop. Um, although you'd never know it from the trailers, <laughs> the trailers do not go hard on the mop. But um, <laughs> it's a weird film. Um, <sighs> and then yeah, the only one I've seen is Passengers. Me uh, too. Yeah, so home Chris Pratt again, quite zeitgeisty because they were both very big at the time. Um, this got a lot of criticism, I think mostly from people who hadn't seen it. But um, the concept being Chris Pratt, well, the fact that they're all on a spaceship, they're all sealed in to kind of wake up in a hundred years' time or something. Uh, Chris Pratt wakes up early and then he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence early as well because he's lonely, basically. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people kind of got very angry about that he's basically killed her, he's he's been abusing which her. Which is true, though. Which is true, though. Which is. I mean, arguably true, but also the film addresses that. It's not like it plays it as a romantic story. She wants to kill him. She's so angry with him. And I think, I think that's an interesting thing to analyse. And the, the ending, fair enough, is maybe a little bit Stockholm syndrome-y. But, um, <laughs> but I think it got criticised a lot because people thought it was just going to be a romance, whereas it did more than more than uh, it gives him credit for. So I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I've seen the film. They don't care for it. No, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. So Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, she's absolutely huge around the time of Silver Lines Playbook and for the next couple of years after that. Basically, the biggest actress in the world, probably. Yeah. And um, it's a lot quieter yeah. now. I think she's on the break anyway. I think it's deliberate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's. I think she wants. I thought to you be... saw Red Sparrow. No, I didn't see Red Sparrow. Oh. No, that looked horrible. Mm-hmm. So she did that. When she did Mother. So she's she's taken uh, interesting choices. She's not going down the the obvious route. I think that's kind of what you do, right? After, like, how many nominations and an Oscar, right? yeah. and she's part of two big franchises, there's no point of trying to, you know, go the typical route. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see Mother, but everything I've read about it makes it sound like the worst film I've ever made. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it, she used to date the, the director anyway. Oh, did she really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what she does next. Um, I don't think she'll be making any more X-Men films. <laughs> I'm <laughs> confident of that. Um yeah, no, so. Jennifer Lawrence. Um, next time on Actor Factor, which I don't think I mentioned that's the name of the segment, but you'll know, you, you, if you're a first-time listener, we call the, sec- we call the segment Actor Factor. Uh, next time, Liam Neeson. Uh, Men in Black International's own Liam Neeson. Okay, cool. Well, I do. Uh, we finish then, as we always do, with a quiz on uh, on Men in Black this time. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I'm 5-3 up for the year, so it's, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will kick us off with... Um, uh, by what name is Agent F, voiced by Tim Blaney, better known? Tim what? Tim Blaney voices the character. Agent F, what's, what's the character better known as? That's Agent F? Why is there no Agent F? I've not written it down. <laughs> is there an Agent F? It's probably better known as some... Oh, it's the, the pug, isn't it? Um, could be. Can you give me it's a name? It's the pug. I named the pug. Uh, it's the pug. It's definitely the pug. It is the pug. What's the name of the pug? The pug. Uh, I'll give it to you because I'm being very generous. Frank Thank the, you. Frank because you're a hate in this anyway. Yeah. Is it Fred the pug? Frank. Frank the oh, pug. Frank. Uh, anyway, you're leading anyway. I am. Uh, question one. Why is Agent K's real name? Uh, Kevin. Yeah, fine. I'll give it to you. 
Well, in fact, I think it's either Kevin Brown or Kevin something else, depending on whether you go by the film or the, the some game. Anyway, I I give it to you. So we are fair. We are there you home. go. What 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 did what surname did you want? It's Kevin Brown. It's Brown. Yeah, I think there's a card game where they call him Kevin Cunningham or something. Mm. I've done my research. Um, what job did Agent K have between Men in Black and Men in Black Two? It's a post office manager or something. Yeah, that'll do. Postal worker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question two: What's the name of the song performed by Will Smith for Men in Black Two? Uh, Not your head. Black suits coming. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, I listen a lot to the Weekly Planet podcast, and um, whenever Men in Black comes up, the host of that always claims that the song is better for the Men in Two Black. Uh, Men in Black Two song is better than the first one, which is nonsense. Um, who won a Best Supporting Actor Saturn Award for Men in Black? The first one, first best one. supporting actor. Wow, it has to be one of the bad guys. So I guess it's either Vincent D'Onofrio or even like Tony Shalhoub. I'm going to go with Tony Shalhoub. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Ah, dang it! So close. Um, mm. Question three: In which year did Agent J travel back in time to in Man in Black Three? <sighs> Ooh, okay. Um, you're going to give me any leeway on that, or do I have to get the year exactly right? Exactly right, because oh. it's quite obvious once you... One, okay. Throughout, throughout the film, it's quite obvious why that year is very specific. All right. I wonder if there's any clues there. Um, well, I say the first one is set in uh, early noughties, I guess, and you go back to when he's a kid, so it's probably 1970. Ugh, 1969. Oh, oh the moon landing, yes. Yes, exactly. That's I why remember. I was saying there's yeah. very specific there. I can't not oh. give you... Oh, well... Uh, question four. Uh, complete the famous line from Men in Black. This is such an easy question. Wow. Uh, complete, is it really? Complete the famous line from Men in Black. You know the difference between you and me? Uh, no, I saw this. It's <laughs> annoying me. How, how did I... No, how did I miss this? Oh, uh, this is annoying. Something like I wear a black battle or something. Crap. Uh, oh, no. I make what this look good. Ah... Uh, I got the gist of it, but uh, that's a shame. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, question 4 will be easy because you just saw the film. So, who played Riza Stavros? H's ex-girlfriend in Man in Black International. Um, it's uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Yep, that's correct. Uh, okay, 3-2 then with um, one question left each. Uh, which artist is played by Bill Hader in Men in Black 3? Uh, Warhol, Andy Warhol. That's correct. Mm. Three all, uh, here we go. Just to, yep, to win. Question five. Arrange the chief alien antagonists of the films in order. You have the Boglodite, the Hive, the Kylotian, or the Octopterus Exumorphs. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Hive is definitely the fourth one. I just saw that. Um, Boglodite, Kylotian, Autopterus Exomorphs. Um, I'm going to say the third one you said is the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one you said is the second film, and the only one that's left is the third film. Uh, so close, though. You just mix up the second and third one uh, together. Well, yeah. there we go. It's a draw. Um, what's our quiz topic for next time? Uh, because we're in the same universe, the Jump Street series. Oh, nice. 
Uh, I don't think I don't think it was ever confirmed as the same. <laughs> so, uh, um, and what's our main topic for next time? Spider-Man: Far From Home. As you listen to this, listener, it will have come out yesterday. Um, assuming you listen to this on the day of release, um, so you'll know more about it than we do. I'm looking forward to them. Bye.